0: Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks for joining me here today on The Communication Architect. Each week, we'll share content that will empower you to grow your personal leadership capacity through the development of communication competencies that build emotional health and relational resilience. We'll unpack some practical applications of interpersonal, intrapersonal, family, and organizational communication, and we'll connect with stories of transformation that will inspire you to achieve personal and social change. Now, let's build the scaffolding you need to become a communication architect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and if you're new to the show, we are in a season where we're unpacking American education. Be sure to scroll back on my podcast for some tips on breaking free from the system, getting started on the parent-directed journey, interviews with new and lifelong homeschoolers, and a whole lot of research that I hope will equip and inspire you for the road ahead. We've been talking about the 10 toxic traits of the public school system, and today we're interviewing homeschool mom Denise DiLorenzo. Denise, it's great to have you on the show with us today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Tell us a little bit about you, your background, your family, and why you decided to jump in with both feet on the homeschool journey.
1: Well, um, I was born and raised in San Diego. I lived in Virginia my last two years of high school, Santa Barbara, my first two years of college. Um, Came back, uh, I don't, I guess maybe forever. Um, (laughs) I've been uh, married for almost 11 years to my amazingly supportive husband, Chris. Um, We have four children between the two of us so we have two 21 year olds one is so he has a son i have a daughter and then together we have an eight-year-old and an almost five-year-old daughters as well and um so i i grew up in public school i grew up you know doing dance baton theater band oddly enough became a cheer coach because my oldest daughter just had a love for it and um It's somewhere I never thought I would be, but then, um, about a year ago, uh, we started homeschooling, um, the, the decision to do it was simple. Uh, we got an email, you know, from, from my second, she was in second grade at the time, her school saying that once we got back from winter break, they were going to have to wear masks all day. Um, and that was just a line that we had. And so the decision to pull her out was easy, but after that it was kind of like (laughs) oh my gosh where what do we do now you know yeah so um i just uh i i I just didn't really know about homeschooling at all i mean i had obviously thought about it because all the things going on in the school systems it was not really making me comfortable um but i i didn't even know i didn't know what it entailed so in my imagination i'm thinking well, what we do in public school, but at home, well, how am I, how am I going to tackle that? How, how do I come up with what to teach, uh, lesson plans? How do I do all that? How do I have the time and energy to spend, you know, eight hours a day schooling, right? Right. Which is not really what homeschooling is, right? Right, We know this. And, uh, I mean, even I was so clueless. I didn't know that there were, um, there was curricula out there that people have made and published and and had lesson plans for me already and then that opened up a whole nother you know uh stressful like oh now I have to research it all and decide which one and there's just seems like thousands of them they're all you know so many of them are great so um it was just interesting I really just had no idea so I kind of threw myself into researching and and going to online uh homeschool conventions and Listening to other speakers, following moms, trying to figure out all the different options uh, because they're really
0: they're, it's just so varied in yeah. the things that you can do. It's a it's a whole different world. I mean, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you said, you just had no idea this even <laughs> existed. I had a student who moved here from Russia many years ago, and she talked about it in her communist country, there was, if you wanted a pair of black shoes, you went to the store and there was a pair of black shoes and she came to America and she stood in a shoe store and it was a wall of black shoes. And she was literally paralyzed because she had no idea how to choose. And a lot of our parents are coming out of that same mentality because they've never chosen a book that their child will read. They've never given their child a a writing assignment. They've never assessed their child's skills or behavior or uh, even learning styles. And so Mm -mm. for many of them, this freedom is, like you said, it's a little overwhelming because they think I've I don't even know how to choose or where to start, and so. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just so excited that you stepped out and you, um, that you embrace the journey wholeheartedly. What are some of the differences that you're already seeing in your family as a result of of homeschooling?
1: Well, um, honestly, I think the biggest difference in our family is the spiritual growth. Um, you know, in the past. This is a typical day. Dad goes to work. Kids go to school. I'd be at home with my youngest just doing whatever needed to be done around the house, right? Right. Um, Pick up my daughter from school. Do whatever we need to do for school the next day. Dad comes home. Make dinner. Get ready for bed. And so, you know, these are just the things that we think we're supposed to do. And so we just kind of go through life, but there's really nothing productive happening. And there's just really... You know, what's the purpose of it all? And so then also how much time is really left for developing your deep relationships with your family members and spending time with God? I mean, honestly, with how busy our lives get, it gets put on the back burner. Right. And so even though we always prioritize family time and spending a lot of time enjoying each other, it wasn't focused time. Um, And we weren't really discipling necessarily, which is, you know, probably our most important job as parents. And so now what I what I think is so great is that it's just part of everyday life here. So we learn so much about God and his character every day. We're spending time in prayer. My kids are praying for each other. Um, They're learning and understanding repentance and forgiveness and grace, um, they're growing in the fruits of the spirit. I had just the other night. Oh my gosh, it made me smile because my husband was in the kitchen making cookies with them, and um, I hear him telling my youngest to be patient because she wanted her turn probably to mix or something. And then my uh, eight-year-old, she goes, "Yeah, fruit of the spirit," <laughs> and it just made me think, "Oh my
0: gosh, we're making like we're making changes and having breakthrough." Oh, I love it. (laughs) It's just amazing. Just the intentionality of time. We look at Deuteronomy Mm -hmm. 6, 6 through 9, it talks about when we're teaching our children everywhere we go, talking about the word, writing the word on our hearts everywhere we go. And when we have that luxury of time together, we're afforded the margin that relationship needs. Really, and relationship needs time. It needs, you know, intentional time of development. And so I just love overhearing all those little conversations. I know when our kids and we're not sure are they listening? And then we hear them repeat something we've said to teach Mm -hmm. someone else. It's just—it's such a beautiful example. Well, I remember, Denise, the moment that I knew you were sold out on independent homeschooling because I heard you telling another parent, get out of the charter system. (laughs) I remember your journey. Tell me about the conviction that you had that helped you. A lot of our parents, you know, a lot of our our families come in, start, they feel like I need help. I'm not an expert. I need somebody Mm -hmm. else to help me. And they start with the charter and then they realize oh my gosh i'm teaching the same nonsense the same lies the same anti-christian philosophy in my home now that <laughs> <Yes. laughs> my kids were they were learning it in a public school and now they're learning it in my home it's become a public school classroom so what for you was the um, that awakening moment or the conviction that helped you to to just step out and break free
1: well, I, you know, when I started looking into, you know, what path am I going to take and and people that are in charters, you know, they they really kind of push the charters, right, is right. what I've noticed. And so I thought, oh, well, that sounds like a great option right? They're, they're right. going to pay for my curriculum, some supplies, extracurricular activities. Tell me exactly what I need to do and how to do it and when to do it, right? <laughs> so, sounds great <laughs> so it sounds like it, right? Tell and that's what, what because that's what we're used to. <laughs> yeah. right. And so when, oh, I don't know what to do. Someone else tell me, okay, well, after further research and a lot of prayerful consideration, you know, I came to the conclusion that That setup wouldn't be different from my kids going to public school, but they would just be at home. So what's the point of taking them out in the first place? Right. So I knew if I was going to do it, that I wanted to be hands on and I wanted to be teaching my kids. But one of uh, one of my biggest hang up with the charters, and I know that this is gets kind of downplayed a lot, but I really it is the restriction on the curriculum choice. I really think that we need to be using. Curriculum that is written from a Christian worldview. Yeah. It's yeah. essential to have a whole education for them. So, you know, Proverbs 9:10 says, The fear of the Lord that's is the beginning of wisdom right. and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Right. So when we remove God from the so subjects good. that we're studying, we're saying, Oh, he's irrelevant when it comes to all these things you're learning about. And he's only involved in these certain areas of your life, like Bible study and church, right? So we're putting him right. in a box. But God created everything. And so he's intertwined in all aspects of our lives. So our goal as homeschoolers isn't just to, you know, shove these unrelated facts into our kids' heads. It's yeah. it's we want them to know that, like, have true understanding and wisdom. And that can only come from God. And so I think so many of us that are just setting out on this journey we're brought up in the public school system. And so we think that when we go to school, we're learning all these neutral facts. Right. Well, after having used some great curriculum and learning alongside with my kids, yes. because really that is what we're doing. Yes. And we are relearning things that we thought we knew. Right. Um, I don't believe that any facts are neutral. So, so, in reality, if you're not teaching from a Christian worldview, you really are teaching from a humanist worldview, and that's what we're trying to avoid, right? right? So right. I just also would say that, oh, my gosh, the subjects are so much more fascinating when you're learning yeah. about them from, in a relation to God's creation, I you know, and I'm, I'm just learning so much more about God's character and who he is, and it's just, oh, it's, it's just been amazing.
0: I love really? that. That's why we say, right? It edu- educating <laughs> two generations at once. We're, we're, yes. learning, as our kids are learning, a sunlight curriculus tagline is the way you wish you'd been taught. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I love what you shared about the charters. I know um, it's a big topic for many of our parents. And when, um, uh, years ago when charters first came out in the state of California, you know, a lot of parents were, were tricked into thinking this is going to be a better way for their, for their ch- children. And they, they could work around some of the, um, some of the uh, conflicts they felt ethically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've shared before on the show that our first year we moved to California, we put our son in a charter. That's what we thought homeschooling was and came home and they, they said, you can't use this sunlight. You can't use sunlight because it stands for the name of a Christian deity. So if you want to turn this homework in, just cut out all the Christian parts and I went, there's oh. no way I'm going to cut out the Christian of so like, I have to lie to teach ethics to my kids. That's just, that is right. not going to work, right? Um, but that is a struggle that a lot of parents feel. And so I love that you brought that out. Mary Schofield, who's a, a lawyer in the homeschool realm, she said, it's kind of like if the government said, I'm going to come into your church and I'm going to buy all your music. We'll pay for every music license, every, every, um, every song that you sing. The only caveat is you have to take out the name of Jesus, and you have to replace anything that has to do with God with happy, uh, you know, right. happy thought. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're thinking about you rather than praying for you, and, uh, and so, talks. and it's the same thing, you know. Parents have exchanged this because it really is in you know, Romans one twenty. It's by exchanging the truth of God for a lie, and it really is. We've exchanged it because it's more convenient to have somebody else pay for it. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, we are the ones, you know, we're going to reap a harvest for the investment yes. that we make into our kids. And so, if that harvest that we're making um that investment into if that's a you no know, if those are bad seeds we're going to reap you know a negative hard harvest so so powerful denise what are some of the trends that you've noticed um now that you're you're working around all of these other homeschool moms as one of our teachers at awaken academy as a coach uh you're you have just this incredible vantage point what are some of the trends that you're seeing around us in parenting and education maybe some that concern you or maybe some that excite you
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of both. Right. And I and I do work both in in, uh, you know, the Christian co-op world and also out in public um, public school system with the Pop Warner cheer. So I do get really a a good view of both uh, both sides, Um, I think. And this kind of goes against the grain a bit. But for me, one of the saddest things that I see happening with parenting is parents seem to always trying to be. They're trying to get away from their kids and it's under the guise of I need to take care of myself. and I need to prioritize what I need. Right. And so I have two adult children. So I think I do have the advantage of being able to look back on the last 21 years and put things into perspective. But yes, we need balance. We need self-care. We need adult time, alone time, time with our spouse, the things that fill our cups. Right. But the narrative that the world has so ingrained in moms and women in general, really. Um, is that children are a burden. Yeah. And if you're spending time with your children and pouring into your children and doing things foreign with your children, that you're making some sort of huge sacrifice and you're losing out on something greater, right? Yeah. And so we hear things like, oh, being a stay-at-home mom is such a sacrifice or you're really gonna have to sacrifice and give up a lot to homeschool your kids or, oh, say goodbye to your freedom, you're having kids, right? Wow. And the one that that just breaks my heart the most when I hear it is, Oh, I could never stand being around my kids all day. Right.
0: And I just
1: think, yeah, what if we shifted our thinking and reframed it to say, you know, God gave me these precious gifts. Right. And I have the privilege to be the one that gets to raise them and teach them. And the amount of time I actually get to spend doing that is so fleeting that I want to enjoy as much of it as I possibly can. And I know I know that everyone has a different call on their life and, and everyone has different circumstances. So I'm not saying like, oh, everyone should just quit their jobs and go be a stay-at-home mom, okay? But I think the notion that you're going to lose your identity in motherhood if you spend too much time focusing on your kids is just silly and it's damaging to the relationship.
0: That is um, so incredibly power- powerful. And it, it's yeah. part of the me culture, the me yes. the narcissism that's raging mm-hmm. through our culture and i think you know that that is just such a powerful exposé i know denise Mirror wrote in her book no ordinary child she talked about um you know this these parents that prayed god give me a child give me a child mm-hmm. for years you know barren wombs and and then god gives them a child and now that child is just a picture on their desk at work while somebody else is raising it you know <sighs> like the tragedy of that and i think the the wake up call for a lot of parents has been that they they d- realized they didn't like their kids. And it sounds mm-hmm. horrible to say, but they realized they didn't like their kids. And when they get around them, they realize their hearts are thawing, and they're starting to love yes. their kids. And of course, Titus paints such a powerful picture of our kids being our resume. You know, if our kids are right. the ones that we invest the most of our lives into, then what we see in them is our st- who we are magnified you know Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. I mean calling it a living resume isn't that's not a stretch at all in the words of Titus and so it is our it is our responsibility we will send out into the world a brat a bully or a blessing it is our responsibility as parents and so out of the overflow of the health of that relationship we can certainly do other things but if our priorities are out of line and we're putting something else above that responsibility, you know, somebody else is gonna have to pick up the pieces later on because there's gonna be brokenness Mm -hmm. and fragmentation in the hearts of our children. So that is so it's so sobering, I know. But I also am I'm encouraged because like you, I'm seeing around me parents, hearts, thaw, I'm seeing that Luke 117 model of the hearts of children connecting to the hearts of parents again. Um what are Mm -hmm. some of the the success stories you're seeing working with homeschoolers?
1: Well, I think I really think that's the biggest thing or or maybe it's just the thing that that brings me the most joy is, you know, because these parents that are the ones saying, oh, I can't stand being around my kids that much. Those really are the ones that need it the most. Right. right? Right. So when you send them off to school all day, they're being raised by other people. Right. And so you're severing your connection with them. And so when we're not in relationship it's harder for them to respond to us and to our correction. So, of course, you know, that's that's going to aggravate a parent. Right. Mm-hmm. So but when we, they repair that broken cord and spend time getting to know all the little things about our kids, you become fascinated by the way their minds work, yeah. better understand their individual personalities And you develop a closer bond. And then hopefully that leads to liking them better, right? Yes. (laughs) And the attunement is better. You know, you look at (laughs) parents who are out
0: of alignment with their kids and they're embarrassed. That's the most frequent emotion that I see. They're embarrassed of what Mm -hmm. other people think of their children because they're out of alignment. But once that alignment is fixed, then the relational focus is actually on the child rather than on what everybody else thinks about you. And it it heals. It heals. I mean, it, it covers over so much because there's a relational attachment. And the child is listening and caring and wants to yes. obey you because they love you, you know, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. so like you, you know, I'm standing at the side of my oldest being 23. And so I have that same perspective you do where you look back and think it goes so fast, parents, it goes so fast. If you could slow down the clock, I mean, it's, it's, it's dizzying, um, but to be able to look at that and say, you know, take that time to invest into your kids. If their worldview is formed by age 13, which is what social sciences tell us then we have a very small window to impart hope and joy and life and truth into them. And on the other side of that, I mean, barring a miracle, obviously God's able to renew and and restore, but I've looked in the faces of teenagers whose hearts are ice cold against the heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had parents at church, bring me their kids, pray for my kid. And it, you know, I would never say it's too late, but it's too late. Like you've, you've squandered your time with that child and haven't made Mm -hmm. that investment. And so It's a great, you know, a cautionary tale, I think, to parents of young children who are still in the formative years of those, um, you know, that mindset being shaped. It's so, so powerful for you. What have been kind of some of your most important revelations about the model? You talked about being able to be home and, you know, focusing on the word learning through the lens of biblical worldview. I felt the same. I never learned science through a Christian worldview. I couldn't believe how it brought everything to life. What's it been like for you?
1: I always hated science. That was like my least favorite <laughs> subject, but now it's just, it's so interesting. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, a lot of what I've realized personally is that, you know, this is where God wants me and he's going to guide me through it. Yeah. And so I know 2020 came with a lot of negative things, but for me, it just brought me the greatest gift because I don't know that I ever would have had the courage to say, okay, I'm going to pull my kid out of school. And so, you know, I like to tell my kids that when they're going through big changes or trying new things that sometimes we don't think we're ready or capable, but God knows we are. Right. And sometimes he needs to just give us that little nudge or for me, right. in deciding to homeschool it was like a big shove. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I know that that was the right thing to do. And I just think, man, how he used such a negative situation to turn it into something that's going to be life-changing for my family. And so I think also some of the things that I've really learned, because um, I know this about myself, I'm I'm an achiever, I'm task-oriented, I like to check off the boxes. And, you know, your to-do list doesn't get checked off in a typical right. homeschool day. It's just right. not how it works. And so I've learned to not worry so much about getting all the things done and to slow down and. And really focus on the relationship with my kids and make sure that they're actually learning and understanding and not just memorizing, you know, useless information so we can move on to the next thing on the list. Right. Because that's not what's important.
0: Wow. That's so powerful because really, at the end of the day, it does help us prioritize what's Mm -hmm. most important. And we really get a whole different bird's eye view of the things that we were told, the measurable outcomes that we were told by the state. These are the important things that they are actually not the important things and that mm-hmm. we risk losing the most important things if we don't take the time to invest into our children. Mm-hmm. What an incredible joy to have you on the show today, Denise, your words of wisdom, your practical experience, just really phenomenal. I'm so thankful and so blessed that our Awakened Academy students have your influence and our parents <laughs> have your influence in, yeah. in their life. So thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. If you're new to the show or if you're homeschooling for the first time, you can hear reposts of the radio show on the communication architect podcast. Just scroll back for episodes, interviews and tips of the trade and be sure to check out what we're accomplishing in and through our partnerships with parents and the local church right here in San Diego. Visit us at awakenacademysd.com and cvcu.us for helpful tools, support, community encouragement, including our new K to 12 homeschool sports program right here in San Diego. And if you are a pastor, please DM me for help on getting your church active in the homeschool support realm. If we all work together, parents, teachers, local churches, we can shift the trajectory for the next generation. Again, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks again for joining me on today's show. We'll be back next week with more of our toxic trait analysis and what you can do to break free of the system. Thanks again for joining us here on The Communication Architect. If you have questions about today's episode, or if there are topics you'd like to see us address, send your comments via Instagram to at Dr. Lisa Dunn or via email to contact at DrLisaDunn.com. That's drlisadunn And remember, strategic communication will help you build greater emotional health and relational resilience. So don't miss the next episode. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I look forward to talking with you next time right here on The Communication Architect.